0: Hey, this is Brett Miller with the NWFA. I'm here today with special guests, Rusty Swindle, who works with the NWFA, has worked here for quite a long time. And is our technical advisor and handles all of our technical calls through the Technical Call Center. So it's more likely than not that if you've ever had to give the NWFA a call for a technical question, you'll get Rusty on the other side. Rusty has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to our industry. He's got a ton of experience and pretty significant background. Rusty, why don't we just start with that? Introduce yourself and kind of give a little bit of a background to what your history in the wood floor industry.
1: Yeah, I'm Rusty Swindle. Been in the wood business, uh, wood floors for about I guess thirty plus years. When it, before I got to go to work for Knoffman NWFA, but I was I installed sand finished anything you could think of from engineer to factory finish. I installed those too. Luckily, I had some knee surgery, so I had to leave after about so many years of doing it and. Worked for NAFMA as a mill inspector, and that was interesting because I didn't come from a background where I had people to show me how to do things. I had to learn them the hard way and not try to make a mistake or fix it like we have now with people that we can talk to at our schools and stuff, too, to learn. But I enjoy talking to our members because they all call in, and they have issues sometimes that they need help with, and I have to kind of get into the things with them to try to help them out. and. That's enjoyable too. Naftma learned. I learned a lot from NAFMA, too because I didn't know the other side of why wood does what it does with the you know expanding contraction. How they had to make it at all. So that's something I
0: learned out real well. So that's kind of where I'm at now. So when you were with NAFMA, what specifically did you do? I know you were a NAFMA mill inspector, right. and we still run that program. But kind of if you could talk a little bit about. Most people in our industry aren't aware of the process of what it takes to grade flooring. If you ever have the opportunity to go to a a flooring mill just to see where the product that we use every single day is made and how it's made. Rusty was on the front lines. If you could go a little bit in depth on on what you did there as an off mill inspector.
1: Yeah, it's kind of neat because, you know, not knowing that side and coming into it, if they go to one, you need to go to the uh, lumberyard first to learn what happens there when it comes out of the kilns and it goes into the process of making the, the lumber to go to the flooring manufacturers. And then when you get there, you go through and watch them you know, shape it up and they put the tongue and groove in it. But then as a mill inspector, we're looking at checking the widths or the thickness, the tongue and groove, making sure they're where they ought to be as far as the standard. Also, if the lumber is dry, you know, if it's dry where it ought to be it's six to 9%. If it's out of that, then a lot of times we have to report that or write it up. If it's too much, uh, they'd have to pull it out. And uh, we just made sure that everything that was running through there was like a two- or three-hour process of doing inspections of all the select
0: grades, one, number two, clear. Basically, that's what we did. So you weren't only looking at the, the width tolerances and thickness tolerances and tongue and groove tolerances and, and moisture content tolerances, but you're also looking at the grading and making sure that they fall within right. the those NAFMA standards?
1: Right. Yeah. The uh, you know, the grade, we had to get up there and look at each piece of wood and make sure that the grade was within that clear, select number one and number two, what type of knots, what type of what was in them. So, it was very important to get out to the people when they go and buy the flooring, what they're looking for, a selector, number one. They want to make sure that's what they're getting. And that's what the NAFTA was all about, the certification, is that's why us as mill inspectors went in there and did that. You know, we might do it four quarters, we might do it two two different quarters of the year, but they expected us to come in there and check it. And they made a grade on it, you know, to make sure they were staying within that 95 to 100 percent. if they got below that, then they wanted to pick it back up. But it was it was interesting, you know, to see how all that was done. And then two, we'd also go out and check the back to make sure everything was looking good in the back, how they stored it. So it was a process we went through, and it was a lot of meals that we We got about, I think, back then about 30 meals that we went around
0: and looked at, and there's about five of inspectors. That's interesting, Rusty. I think our industry often forgets about the historical significance of NAFMA and its role within the wood flooring industry, dating back to 1909 when it was first founded as the National Oak Flooring Manufacturers Association. At one point, it was called the Wood Flooring Manufacturers Association, and in, and in 2008, NWFA absorbed NAFMA and now we've we've been uh, one organization since but looking all the way back to 1966 when the Department of Commerce and the National Bureau of Standards as well as FHA and VA withdrew product standards for strip flooring and accepted NAFMA as the official flooring grading rules standard for our industry that dates all the way back and that goes to ex- explain why Today, people just throw around number one common, you know, select and clear grades. That all goes back to when the National Bureau of Standards and and the Department of Commerce actually recognized NAFMA as the authority for grading of of wood flooring. And back then it was was used even as subflooring material as a requirement for FHA and VA homes. So it's so great to see, you know, back when you were doing inspections, how many mills were there in the NAFMA program.
1: Well, there was a good many of them. I mean, when I was there, there was over 30 meals when we were looking at the meals and stuff. So I know there could have been more than that. But going back to these back when it was in the 60s and stuff, I remember when I was a little fella, I mean, I wouldn't shoot probably 10 or 11 going over, playing around my granddaddy's store. And uh, he, he bought from one of the meals that was out of Memphis it was enough for meal. I just just it's been way back and it just that's how he bought his flooring to make sure it was a good grade A floor and he didn't have issues with it. And then when I got older and got to working in the mills which I never thought I would be there, next thing I know I'm looking at floor that my granddaddy used to buy. You know, I was in the Memphis mill and uh the one that he used to get the wood flooring from. So it's interesting that way back then when he was doing floors when I was little like that, they Here's this wood that's been around for what is a hundred years it was it was they celebrated, I think. Yeah. Um, so it, it it's if somebody's never been to one of those flooring manufacturers, it's interesting. They need to go. It it
0: changes your perspective uh, of where the, the product it, is you work on.
1: It I learned more since I went by doing floor work over the years and what I had to do and then me going and seeing how it was made and why it was made the way it was to come over here. And start with NWFa and and being able to help people. I was also working with schools with Napa, we did a lot of schools there too. But able to work here with that, and then actually get to talking to people about things. They were asking me questions, and next I was doing tech calls when I first came here, and that's been what 17 years ago. And that's how long I've been talking to all our members, and that's who I, that's who I appreciate is the members that call in and join up because. They're my people, just like the manufacturers and everybody, the retailers and
0: distributors. All of them are just a big family, and that's that's what we are. That's what's so great about your background, your history. Understanding the industry from all of those perspectives is so important to really getting a good feel for helping somebody out. Getting into what it is that you do, the value you bring to our, our association, and you take phone calls every day. And I know there's some days that are slower, and a slow day for you might be 20, 25 phone calls uh, mixed up between homeowners and, and contractors right. and lawyers and manufacturers <laughs> and you name it. And a busy day could be 50 or 60 phone calls and ho- hopefully be able to get to them all, but likely not because it's uh, it, it, you just get those days. I know it's seasonal, and I know that it, it changes from day to day, but what are some of the most common phone calls you get? you get when you're taking tech calls.
1: Well a lot of the members call in, it'd be new uh, contractors that are having issues or they're having some cupping, not knowing where the moisture's coming from. It may be like right now, we're getting into the dry time as gaps where the floor is shrinking or are they are they working on a floor that's been flooded or something's leaked and they're trying to get it dry. So these are some of the things that we talk about. We talk about installation. There's things that when I talk to our members, our contractors especially, they're calling for a reason. They're not calling to hear something written out of a book. They know what that is, but they need a help. So we go over and talk about some of the things that's happened and what they're doing. And most of the time, we'll come up with a solution. And that's what I like about it, because we, you know, I, I'm there to help them, not, you know, just to see if we can find out what the problem is. And of course, if we have inspectors out there and people they can call to come in there if it's something we can't figure out. But that's that's some, and of course, like one of the big things is the uh, glue assist. You know, that's something that's come up where uh, they'll ask about what type of underlayment. They had tight nailers, but there's a lot of things that they'll call in I can't
0: right think of right now. There's so many different things that we do here that we have to go over. I'm hoping that a lot of the calls that you get related to installation methods are addressed with the new installation guidelines that are coming out very shortly, such as glue assist and installation methods and subfloor systems that we ins- we see people install over. So much of the change that we're we've made to these installation guidelines forcing us to reevaluate how floors are being installed. I think that the tone of a lot of the questions you're going to be getting coming up after our guidelines are published are going to be more a matter of why. Mm-hmm. Why did this change or what does this mean as opposed to what's nwfa stance on this right. and i really hope that taking tech calls you'll just be able to reference some of the new new standards in our guidelines as opposed to saying yeah mm-hmm. we, we recognize that's a topic that hasn't been addressed right but it's coming out
1: and there's a lot of things in there that's been put in there that we've talked about already that you've they've added to the guidelines that you're adding that helps makes it more interesting and understandable to where when they do call in, then we have something to kind of go on. and helps them out a lot there, too. So, you know, just like the subfloor situations and flatness and engineered, you know, installation questions, we, it seem like we're going to have more of that in those guidelines, too, which is going to be great. Because we get a lot of engineered questions, too, and we just don't have the information. And a lot of it's because of the way the manufacturer makes it. We don't have that.
0: We know solids, but not manufacturing. Of engineer that's a great point I think it's important for our industry you know you look back at that history of NAFMA and the the solid wood days that our industry was built on having changed quite a bit from the, the in the 80s and the 90s through today where engineered flooring is the majority of the wood flooring market out there the solids still prominent but it's it's not the majority and installation methods and specific manufacturer process and how they develop their own products is so much different you say you get a lot of phone calls on the technical side what about from homeowners and end users what kind of questions do you get from them
1: the homeowners call in with questions a lot of times the ones I like they call them before the fact so they have questions about flooring and what to do what type of subfloors they have what kind of installation they want to do and, and to make the floors their floors look good who to get a hold of you know that they can get a hold of. But then the ones that call in with the issues, they've they've hired somebody that they just pulled off the road or, you know, looked looked up something and they've come in and they've got complaints on how the floor is installed and it was installed wrong normally or there's a lot of gaps and floors were loose and cracking. And and those can be other problems too. So it's not necessarily the guy that installed it because there's so many different – Things that could happen to a floor to cause cupping or gapping or noises in the floor. But it's usually moisture issues, a lot of them, you know, where they've had a leak. Those are some of the things that come in. And if they got an old house, you know, what they need to do. If they got, well, you know, another thing is crawl spaces, basements that aren't conditioned. You know, they're just wide open in moisture. We have to go over all that with homeowners too. I like doing that because we can kind of see what they have and what they need to do. So that's
0: kind of what, what we do at homeowners when we talk to them. That's huge. The fact that a homeowner finds us and contacts us to ask the questions beforehand right. also gives us the opportunity to direct them towards hiring the right professional. Um, so that that that's huge. That really allows us right. to, to to ward off potential issues down the road. Right. What about on the backside, speaking of down-the-road issues, I know we get a lot of phone calls from our inspectors, and those inspectors, our, our wood floor inspectors, are such a critical key component to the entire process. It's fortunate in a way that we have quality inspectors that are out there. It's also unfortunate that inspectors even need to have a career based on the fact that there is failure. What are some of the calls you get from our inspectors?
1: It's the same kind of question. It's it's just issues that they can't they hadn't seen before and we go over them and a lot of them are in the guidelines and they're going to be better with the new guidelines coming out i think it's going to help them a little bit more with some of the questions i get but they'll just have a a question on uh let's say it's gapping they got some movement of the floor and they just and they're just looking and searching for a way to put it in and looking for how to write it up which they know how to but usually they can't find it so i'm there to help them find it (laughs) (laughs) if they can't so we go through the publications usually I pretty much know where they're looking for it and I can get it to them quick enough and they can write it up like it's supposed to be. I've been through the schools all the you know uh, inspector classes from Knoxville to here so I kind of know what they're having to go through and what they're looking for so I'm just there as a helper just to help them along to find things so that's guess that's what I am do with the inspectors. so it works they're glad I'm there.
0: <laughs> that's what I feel like anyway. Nope. And I can reiterate that. I, I hear so many great things from our inspectors and our installers and yeah. people that talk to you. I mean, you're, you're so valuable having you on the, on the side of that phone call when, when they're there.
1: That's why I'm proud to be here. That's what I feel like I'm here to help. And that's, I'll be here till I guess either day I can't talk to somebody or I can't remember my name. You know <laughs> anyway. Another thing too is architects. I got a lot I talk to architects a lot. And they just tickle to get a hold of our publications too. And they'll call in about different ways to install a floor from floating subfloors to concrete, uh, testing moisture. Well all they need to do to write it up. So they get those books and it helps them a lot too. Along with our uh, distributors and things I talk to too, retailers. They call in and have issues also or have a question on installation. So talk to a lot of
0: people. <laughs> That's perfect. And, and, and I'm really hoping that with the Updates start guidelines, we've included a lot of architectural CAD drawings that is going to allow them to specify a system. It's drawn up. It's detailed out. It's illustrated. really removes the question about how and what do they need to do in certain situations. That's going to be great. Sure is. Looking forward to it, all of us. <laughs> Well, Rusty, one last question, and I think this has to do with what you were just talking about a little bit ago. When you're not taking tech calls, what do you like to do on your off time?
1: Well, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fisherman and I like to do tournaments and things, so I kind of do that when I'm off. I uh, like to hunt, but I have more deer in the backyard than I do that I can't uh, shoot because my wife won't let me. But anyway, that's a long story but those are the things i like to do that's my my hobbies along with you know like i said i'm talking to members even on my off days they got my cell phone i've talked to them on the weekends i'm there to help (laughs) that's what i like about in wfa
0: i love it (laughs) rusty thank you so much not just for your time here and and talking through a lot of great topics but More importantly, thank you for the time and everything you put into this industry and what you give back to to our members.
1: Well, thank you for having me here. I really appreciate it. Look forward to those members calling in.